on this episode of Monday with Friends, now is the time to refinance why you benefit even if you can't reduce your mortgage rate by a full percentage point, that and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, in my mom's half-finished basement where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, I'm Joe Salcihi. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it for you six days a week, all in about 15 minutes. Today's... Right. Joe's having a heart attack. Uh, we'll get back to the heart attack in a second. Today's show is brought to you by Acre Trader, investing in farmland simplified. You can watch an explainer video. We'll talk a little bit more about Acre Trader deeper in the show. But for now, if you're interested in investing in farmland, use our link, uh, acretrader.com forward slash MWF. All right, my friends. Joe is having a heart attack. But yes, we are doubling down to six days a week. No more three days a week. And there are several reasons for that, but a few are have to do with a lot of uh, trends in podcasting. And really, Bobby, what we wanted the show to be in the first place. We really wanted the show to be a, a show. When I first created it, it was a daily show. It was very difficult to do it as a daily show. And then you and I started talking about the format of the show. We also talked about trends in podcasting at a recent podcasting conference I was at. And 45% of people want a show like this in their feed. They like relaxed shows and they also like news shows. And we do financial news and commentary and it is on a relaxed basis, but they want it daily. And if we shorten the show, not only do we not have to have the YouTube front end that we put on. Uh, if you've ever watched us live, you know that we have this whole thing at the end where we make a different open for YouTube and we cut the show in half. And then Bobby said, what if we just cut the show in half? And we <laughs> makes it so much easier. Exactly. So the show will be one headline and then it will end with the takeaway. So we won't have the com compilation of the big idea anymore, which we're sad to see go. But this, I think, is going to be better value for everyone. And I know a lot of people like the really long format and Stacking Benjamins is great for that. And now this is also going to be an option if you want the long format for that, but you also want something to consume every day that's a lighter lift, that's going to be shorter to start your day off and just be something sweet, short and sweet and enjoyable and still get really good information because we have an incredible cast of thought leaders and experts. We want to really highlight that with this show. And we're almost... Oh, we're in the countdown. I think we're about to start our final round with this cast. And then we're going to be, uh, we have been behind the scenes casting the next round. And uh, that reveal is going to happen in about a month. I'm so excited for people to hear our new cast. And we will continue to lean hard on thought leaders and as close to uh, up to, you know, in personal finance, we really don't need up to the minute financial headlines most of the time. But we have a show where we can do that as long as we're close to our recording time, as long as that matches up close to the day that it comes out, which is 90% of the time. So we can still give people the heartbeat of what's going on in personal finance and just bring it to you more often. So we're super excited about that. The other thing that we're also uh, going to lean on a lot is 
just the ability to be all over the place. I mean, to be wherever you are. So if you watch us on Facebook, um, you're going to still see us do two shows at one time. Uh, so you get two shows for the price of one admission ticket, which is free. If you head to facebook.com forward slash iStack Benjamins, our YouTube channel will be a little bit more robust. Uh, we also plan in the future on, uh, even more stuff than we're doing now on Instagram, on Twitter and in other places. So, uh, we're going to try hard Bobby to be where, uh, where, wherever people are listening, Alexa, Alexa and echo devices are coming soon. Right. And this will allow us to have the show in its true form on all these different formats without having to kind of slice and dice it in a way that doesn't always make the best editorial product. This way, you're always getting our best take, the number one take, the one and only take. We also, while we want everyone to come and join us on our live Facebook feed, we also realize that because the times change and because people have other commitments, sometimes you can't be here live. So we're going to make, um, it won't be a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time, if you follow us on the social channels at money friends pod, there, I got it there at money friends pod. Um, especially on Instagram stories, we're going to be trying to post in advance. The stories we'll be talking about and allowing you through polls and through question stickers to participate that way. So if you can't be here for Facebook, please keep an eye on at Money Friends Pod on Instagram and share your thoughts. And even for today's shows, we do have polls that we took. So we'll be able to get a sense of what people in our audience were thinking about the stories. All right. More, uh, more engagement and more interaction. Basically. Absolutely. That's the exciting news. Why don't, we do sh- why don't we do show number one then, Bobby? All right, here we go. And the headline comes to us from Kiplinger's. It is by Mertz, Pat Mertz Eswin. And it is now is a good time to refinance. You may benefit even if you can't reduce your mortgage rate by a full percentage point. And by the way, the reason for that headline is that that's generally been the standard is if you can get one percentage point more then it's time. Mortgage rates have dropped to levels not seen since 2016 and homeowners are rushing to refinance. You can benefit even if you don't cut your rate by a full percentage point, a rule of thumb, you can safely ignore. The question is whether you will stay in your home long enough to recoup the closing costs with savings on your monthly payments. So they uh, give you some tools to run the numbers. Since this article was written only, I don't know, pretty recently, I feel like the rates may have even dropped further. Um, But it talks about the fact that with adjustable rates, you may even get better returns. And that if you originally took out an FHA loan, but have since improved your financial profile, or you have 20% equity, you can refi into a loan backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and not only reduce your interest rate, but also eliminate the cost of mortgage insurance. If you want to build equity more quickly or pay off your mortgage sooner, for example, if you're getting near retirement, you could refinance into another cheaper 30-year mortgage and use the monthly savings to prepay your mortgage, or if you can handle higher monthly payments, you could take a new mortgage with a shorter term of 15 or 20 years. In mid-July, the average 15-year rate was 3.2%. And I think new stats are coming out soon. I checked and there weren't new stats yet from Bankrate. What you have to do is you have to gather your information, find an estimate of the market value of your home on Zillow.com or Trulia.com or ask a real estate agent. You need to check your credit. Before you shop, make sure you double-check your credit reports from Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, the three major credit reporting agencies. You should also shop a variety of lenders, including the originator of your existing loan, your current loan servicer, bank or or credit union, or your mortgage broker that can pass along the savings. 
Keep in mind, if you are shopping mortgage, the multiple credit checks will not diminish your credit score if they occur within 30 days prior to calculating your score. Da -da -da -da, skipping forward a little bit. Lenders, this is the important thing, the cost. Lenders will typically charge you from 1% to 3% of your loan balance to refinance. Closing costs will include the lender's origination fee, third-party costs, and so on. You can pay them out of, out of pocket, but before you do, consider how you could deploy the money for a better return. Before a lender can approve your loan, it must document and verify your employment, income, assets, and more. But lenders are trying to streamline the process from application to closing with technology. And uh, it goes on to talk about how much equity homeowners have amassed, but that they have been cautious about extracting it. Fannie and Freddie will let you borrow up to 80% of your home's value, FHA up to 95%. So those are all things to consider. One final thing I want to mention, under the new tax law, if you don't use the money to substantially improve your home, this goes for um, home, home equity loans, the interest on that portion of the loan is not going to be deductible if you itemize. So that's just a nod to the tax change that they want you to be aware of. Joe? Well, I like refinancing. I'm less, um, the older I get, the, the less a fan I am of uh, some of the rules of thumb. In fact, I think the 1% rule of thumb, they say you can safely ignore it, meaning that they think even if it's closer to than 1%, so you're only half a percent or three quarters right. of a percent, you could ignore it. I don't like any of that. And, and the reason is, and I understand that these are sunk costs, they're costs already paid and we can't get them back. But when you refinance early on, you reset the clock on the amortization table. Meaning, if you know how mortgages work, it isn't a straight, let's say you get a 4% a, a mortgage, as an example. Uh, you, When you get 4%, that's over the life of the loan, assuming you pay the payments on time. Early on the loan, that 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 interest rate is closer to like 90% that you've been paying. So, you know, when, whenever you refinance, you reset that clock, you lock in the fact that the bank made a ton of money. You didn't, weren't able to capitalize on your half, which is generally the second half of the mortgage. So I think we've, we've all kind of been led to believe that, um, that, that a refinance only makes sense if you save on cash flow. And I agree with the whole cash flow thing. And if I can pay it down more quickly this way, who cares about what the bank does? But I see people refinance over and over and over again, and they never make any headway on, on paying down their house. If the goal really is to build equity in your house, making extra payments on your house, getting rid of your credit card debt, freeing up money from better spending habits is a much better way than consistently refinancing and hoping someday you save a few dollars. Well, and it, it does depend how dramatic the savings would be. I think you have to do the math, but part of the math has to include what you mentioned, which is the fact that it is not a straight up percentage. The reason that the, at the beginning of a traditional mortgage, you get a bigger tax break and people say, that's amazing. All this is deductible. Well, that's because the interest you're paying, what you're paying the bank that's not going towards reducing your actual loan, towards actually increasing your equity in your home, that is tax deductible. So it sounds great, but that's not going towards paying off your home. So when you constantly go back to the starting line, that's what happens. And what also, I do like in this piece, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, and just to add to that, that that argument too is, is, as you know, is really going away this year because now the whole tax system's been changed. And because you, that, because that standard deduction number is so high that you got to get over, 
itemizing doesn't make sense for most people, even if they have. In fact, I think the number was two thirds of people that were itemizing before will no longer be itemizing. So, so excellent point. Yeah. So the mortgage doesn't factor in as much as it used to. It used to be much more of a no brainer. Now that whole, the whole uh, deductibility thing out the window for two thirds of people. Right. So number one, find out if you are one of those two thirds of the people, because if you have an accountant or software that you're not really in the weeds with, you may not realize that in the 2018 tax year, you no longer um, took deductions the same way. And therefore, you did not get any benefit from the mortgage tax um, yeah. deduction. Yeah. So that's number one. I had not really thought of that because I live in New York. So we have bigger <laughs> numbers here. But that's an amazing point. And I also think that we tend to get big eyes when we we do get all this press telling us to refinance. But remember, every time you churn this, someone makes money. There is a fee and they tend to just say, well, we'll just bake that in. But then your loan gets bigger. So you're actually taking a step, not even back to the beginning. You're sometimes taking a step back even before the starting line. And so you have to do the math on all of that. The big timeline that I do like that this part points out is you should look at how long you're going to be in the home. And that's an important factor. You also might get a rude awakening because they will value your house. You And it does say in this article, which is good, to go find out what is the real value of your house. Because if you're not doing anything and you're just going along paying your mortgage, it doesn't matter what the value of your house is. It only matters the day that you buy it and the day that you sell it. But if you start in trying to take equity out by refinancing in some way or getting a HELOC, that is going to actually matter. And that may be something that you want to also consider. Here's another thing that I think people need to consider which is a lot of times people are refinancing the house, not just to lower the the payment, but also to roll in credit card debt or other debt. And they say, okay, I'm going to roll it into this lower, lower interest rate debt, maybe tax deductible, as we said, could be a lot more attractive. The frustrating thing that I see, Bobby, is that people once again think a refinance is going to solve their bad spending problem. So before you roll credit card debt in, that was credit card debt to purchase things that you didn't need, that you don't even remember buying or meals that you don't care about anymore that you had a long time ago, uh, you got to solve that problem. So you got to solve the root of the issue before you roll this into a 30-year loan. I mean, imagine that you go buy a hamburger and use a credit card. You pay 21% interest. You roll it into your house. That You're paying off your hamburger over 30 years. That's a long, long time. Uh, a lot of heartburn for that meal. Yeah. And one thing that's not going to... Uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to that many people, but it used to be that there was a $1 million cap. I know that sounds crazy, but a $1 million cap on the, you can deduct interest on a loan up to $1 million. It's now a loan up to $750,000 for a mortgage under the new tax law. So if you have that, if you're over a million dollars, you have a big jumbo loan and you are getting that tax deduction. If you refinance and you do add money, as Joe just said to it, you lose that grandfather clause. You have to stay. You can be grandfathered in if that loan stays basically refinancing the same loan. But if you take out a dollar more, if you go to refinance that loan and you go over the previous amount that you had, in other words, adding to it, you lose that grandfathered protection and you'll go down to only being able to deduct $750,000, which does not apply to a lot of people. I get it, but it's there. Just saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, There is, there's another thing I see people do all the time. People think that because mortgage options generally are a 15 year or a 30 year option, those are the two options you have on paying off your loan. And people go, well, I want to pay off my loan sooner. So I'm going to take a 15 year loan. 
when you work for a company, company CFOs don't look at it that way. They take money on the best terms they can get. And then you know how they pay it off? They pay it off however the hell they want. They set up their own schedule to pay it off. So don't think that because the bank is offering you 15 or 30 that you have to pay it off in 15 or 30. Pay it off using your schedule. And generally, with people that were good with money, sometimes interest rates between a 15 and a 30, the interest rate difference is pretty high. In that case, if you want to pay it down soon, take the 15. But if it's very, very close, I would often, when I was a financial planner, I would advise people to take the 30, but then set up an amortization, set up their own schedule, payment schedule to pay it off in 10 or 12 or whatever year number five, whatever year number they wanted. But if they got in trouble in the future, Bobby, then they were on the hook for a lot less payment every month than if they'd done the much bigger 15-year payment. Because if you get disabled and you don't have disability insurance and you've got this 15-year loan, chances are you're much more likely to lose your house than you will with a much smaller 30-year payment. That is very smart. And you'll also have built up equity and you can always take out a HELOC or something like that. Uh, do we want to take a couple of comments before we wrap up? Absolutely. We do this in front of a Facebook audience and uh, they are chatty today. Yes. Uh, Melissa says, my bank asked me every time I go there, if they can help me get a bigger bank bonus by refinancing. So you might get what? A free uh, Frisbee or maybe a, a beach towel toaster if you refinance. Uh, we need a toaster here. Kathy makes a good <laughs> point. <laughs> You do need a toaster. We do need a toaster. Yeah. Well, what's here's what's funny. When Cheryl and I moved, this is way off the reservation. But when Cheryl and I moved from that little three room apartment we were in uh, in Texarkana between houses, we uh, I thought that that um, I thought that the toaster that was in that house had belonged to our landlord Jack. Turned out it was not Uncle Jack's toaster. It was our toaster, and we donated it. So we had to buy a toaster too. <laughs> Uh, Kathy's here with us and says, that's exactly why I didn't refinance my first car that was high interest because of no credit. After two years, when I got closer to 800 credit score, it would have cost more to refinance even with 4% opposed to the 18%. So the, the cost, everybody asks, this is a great, this is a great point, Kathy. Everybody asks about the interest rate. It's interest rate plus costs. What are the fixed costs on top of that rate? Cause in a lot of loans, they have those. And what do you lose? As we talked about earlier, what do you lose? You go back before the starting line. I never even thought about refinancing cars. That's a whole new world. But uh, but the yield curve, it, by the way, is very flat now. So the difference between the different uh, lengths of mortgages is very minimal. Yeah. Uh, one more here. Alicia's here with us and says, not my first choice, but I just refinanced to pay off my student loan, which had a higher APR and free up monthly cash flow. Still plenty of equity left in my home. And I'm finally getting out from under my oppressive student loan debt, which as you know, Never, ever goes away until it's paid in full. That's right, Alicia. That's student debt. That's a whole different can of worms, Bobby. Yes. Oh, I just want to quickly say um, the results of our Instagram poll on this. So I asked everyone um, just about an hour or so ago, are you or anyone close to you thinking about refinancing? What's your bet, Joe? I would bet the answer with, with our crowd, with money nerds, I would say 75% no. You are so good. What? It was 62% no, but clearly in favor of no. I I just yeah. think money nerds are so on top of this <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that they've probably already got it right, but, which I guess is a good lesson. Well, we'll do our takeaways here in a second. How about that? Want to yes. talk about Acre Trader first and then we'll get to our takeaways? Yes. 
Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Acre Trader. And the reason why I asked Acre Trader to sponsor the show is because I'm a farm boy from West Michigan. There aren't many fields I haven't worked in. And if you are somebody like me who kind of understands that real estate out in farm country doesn't move the way that rent, that rental property real estate uh, moves, that commercial real estate moves, it's a whole different beast. This is a different type of real estate opportunity that might be right for your portfolio. Now, it is incredibly boring, number one, meaning that it doesn't fluctuate historically like you've seen uh, rental real estate. It's you, you don't go flip farmland, Bobby. I don't know if you know that. You don't go plant a different crop and flip it. You can't fix it up and flip it. Instead, it's all about soil sustainability, working with the farmer, getting a rent payment every year. And then after a number of years, Acre Trader goes and sells that farm. Now, the cool thing, and this is what's nice, is that people think, well, I haven't heard about this before. Well, in the past, you had to buy a whole field. What Acre Trader does is divides that field among many different investors. So your price point to be able to invest in it is much, much lower. You have to be an accredited investor. Go look that up. And number two is that money is in a field. It's locked up until Acre Trader sells at a date down the road. So this is not necessarily liquid money. It's more complicated than that. Head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. Look at that. And if you use our link, by the way, that's how uh, we keep podcasting is uh, they send us a thank you whenever, whenever you buy. And uh, Jeff, who is hanging out with us, uses the biggest, um, the biggest stacking Benjamins compliment you can give somebody. He said nerd in all capitals, which is a huge compliment for stackers. So thank you, Jeff. For doing that. All right. Time for our takeaways on this piece. Uh, Bobby, what do you got? Don't get big eyes. Yeah, this could be free money. It could definitely alleviate some bills. It could help your cash flow. But remember, there are costs to refinance. There's actual out-of-pocket costs. And there's also, well, as we talked about, the starting line. So before you take the free money, make sure you do the math and also just kind of think about it. Think about if it makes sense. Well, and and I'm just going to uh, jump off the end of that sentence. The, here's how my takeaway is how it makes sense. I think a lot of people look at low interest rates and they go, ooh, I can refinance all my debt. But remember what your end goal is and start with the end in mind. And I think if we look at a mentor of mine used to talk about there are the leaves on the tree and there's the root of the problem. And the root of the problem for most of us is we want to get rid of our debt. We want to we want to completely get rid of it. And if I'm just refinancing high interest rate debt into low rate debt and I continually do that, I haven't solved the root of the problem. I'm just paying the man a little less, but I haven't solved my debt problem to set your to solve your debt problem. I think you really have to go deeper and think more about what your why is. Very well said, Joe. Well, thank you. So this show went a little bit longer than I think the shows will go in the future just because we did tell everybody about the new format. But I think this was a really good first time at bat. I think it was too. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll be back Monday and then we'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. Yes, Sunday's off. <laughs> That's right. We'll see everybody later. Bye, guys. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is the amazing Steve Stewart. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, 
moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.